What's up, Hope Community Church? How are we today? Good, good. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Hey, I want to welcome you to week one of a brand new series we're doing here for the Christmas season. It's called Redeeming Christmas. And uh, I'm super excited about this series. I think this is going to help you this year to have a more meaningful Christmas season. And uh, it's called Redeeming Christmas. Well, you may not believe this, but actually there are a few years where I didn't like Christmas. Any of you ever felt that way? Okay, I, I thought, I, you know, I was the only one. <laughs> well, there are actually a few years where I didn't like Christmas, and you could chalk it up to family drama, you could talk, chalk it up to wanting to have kids and not having kids, but there were a few years there where I actually didn't like Christmas. There was one year um, I took down some Christmas decorations before December 25th. Yeah, you hear the gasp? <laughs> Turns out that's a huge no-no. You should not do that. Don't ever do that. Um, uh, I actually remember the year when, uh, when I was having this conversation with somebody and the words came out of my mouth. I don't think I like Christmas. And they said, I love this, you're a pastor. You have to like Christmas. <laughs> So uh, I, I, before you call me a cotton-headed ninny-muggins, uh, I actually am very excited about Christmas this year. And it's not because everything is good or right or perfect in my world. Uh, it's actually not that at all. I'm excited about Christmas because every Christmas is an opportunity to redeem the season. Amen? Every year we have the choice to say, you know what, maybe it's crazy, maybe it's busy, maybe there's gifts to buy, maybe there's uh, drama in my family, maybe I lost a loved one, maybe there's not money there. Every year we have an opportunity to make a declaration and to say, this year I choose to redeem Christmas. Some of you need to say that this year. This year. I'm redeeming Christmas. I'm making it good. I'm getting it back. See, God wants to restore the glory of this season. And redeeming Christmas, this, this whole idea of redeeming Christmas, it's not about the season. Redeeming Christmas is about the Savior. Redeeming Christmas isn't about having the perfect season. Redeeming Christmas is about the fact that we have a perfect Savior. And so if we want to redeem our Christmas season, then it's all about focusing our hearts on the one, on the baby in a manger, and he is the one that makes this season so special. So that's what this series is about. I think it's going to be powerful. I think it's going to be helpful. There are so many Things. There are so many um, battles that we face in this season. And so for us to say, you know what, this year I'm redeeming Christmas. Christmas is way too hyped up. It's commercialized, whatever. This year I'm redeeming Christmas. This year I'm battling this, but I'm going to redeem Christmas. That's what we want to talk about in the next few weeks. Well, my, my message today is, is very simple. Jesus came... To give us life. Amen? He came to give us life. 
So there is life in this season. He came to give us life. Breathe that in for a second. He came to give us life. That's why Christmas is so special. Because Jesus came, and he came to give us life, and he came to give us life more abundantly. Listen to what Jesus says in John 10.10. This is powerful. It's redeeming. It's our theme verse for the morning. Jesus says this in John 10.10, a very familiar verse. But it tells us why Jesus came and why we celebrate Christmas. John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, Jesus said. I have come. This is what Christmas is about. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And what I've noticed over the years in this crazy Christmas season is that Grinches will come, thieves will come to steal our Christmas joy. And you may have already have experienced this. Grinches will come, thieves will come to steal our Christmas joy. But if there's one piece of advice that I could give you this year to have a great Christmas, it's simply to point you to the scripture that's where Jesus says, I have come that you could have life and have it to the full. There is life in this season, my friends. And that's what I want to talk about today. So let's pray, and then we'll dive into our message. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this season. Um, I'm so thankful to be here at church this morning as we sing these Christmas songs and as we hear from Scripture. God, um, with all the, the hectic craziness of, of what's going on around us, we need you to come and to focus our hearts and to focus on our minds. Uh, focus our minds on what makes Christmas so special. We don't want to go through the motions this year. We want a meaningful Christmas season. And so we surrender the next four weeks to you and, and all that comes at us. God, help us to make this choice today. I choose to redeem Christmas. And God, restore the glory of this season. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, just got a couple of points for you. Number one, Grinches will come to steal our Christmas joy. It happens every year that Grinches will come to steal our Christmas joy. Tis the season for the Grinch. You guys uh, remember the Grinch, don't you? The Grinch who stole Christmas. It's that classic story by Dr. Seuss. And the story begins this way. It begins um, with these famous words. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch who lived north of Whoville did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. You remember the story of the Grinch? He, he sneaks into Whoville, that sly old Galoot, and he stole all their stockings, all their presents, their Christmas trees and Christmas decorations. And there was a Grinch who came to steal Christmas in Whoville. There was a five-year-old boy in Byram, Mississippi, heard this story last year. And he, he started watching all the, this stuff on YouTube, all these Grinch who stole Christmas YouTube video clips. Five-year-old boy, Tylone. And after watching all those YouTube video clips, he was so scared. 
that a Grinch was coming to steal his Christmas. He got on the phone and dialed 911. He was that scared. There was a, a police officer that responded to the call. Her name was Lauren Devell. And uh, according to her, five-year-old Tylone Pittman actually thought the Grinch was going to come and steal everybody's Christmas. Well, uh, this was an amazing officer, and uh, she saw this as an opportunity to respond to this call. So she paid five-year-old boy Tylone a visit. She went to his house, knocked on the door, opened the door, and here's this police officer at the house. And, uh, and she reassured the boy um, that the police had everything under control. That's what she said. The police have everything under control. We have this situation in hand. And she reassured the boy that no one, not even a Grinch, could steal his Christmas. Well, you know, the boy thought about that and, and you know, all right, okay. But, but he really, you know, wasn't convinced and it wasn't quite good enough for him. And so he said back to the officer, um, he said, if the Grinch does show up, lock him up and throw him in jail. And actually, 24 hours later, that's exactly what the officer did. She got a buddy to dress up as the Grinch. She got the boy. They went out, and they arrested the Grinch. And uh, there's the picture. True story. Isn't that awesome? I love that story. Um, and as we're thinking today about Grinches that might come to steal our Christmas, I would just ask you... What are you going to do this year to keep the Grinch from showing up and stealing your Christmas joy? What are you going to do to keep the Grinch this year from showing up to steal your Christmas joy? Because the Grinch is alive and well. And Grinch has showed up in my life and Christmas has passed. And, and these Grinches want nothing more than to steal the joy of Christmas. And so we, we heard the words of Jesus... In John 10.10, 10, put those up back up on the screen. And Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And we ask ourselves, who is this thief? And we always want to look at context when we're trying to understand scripture. Right? Context is king. Have you heard that? We always want to look at context. And in John 10.1, just 10 verses earlier, Jesus says this. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, these are the religious leaders... Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. And so really these, this thief in the verse, in John 10.10, 10, this thief, Jesus is referring to these religious leaders who have been constantly opposing him. And Jesus is exposing them, and he's, he, he's exposing that their intentions are not good. They've come to steal, kill and destroy. And usually when we hear this verse about the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, what do we usually think of right away? Right, we think of Satan, you know, he's come. And I would just point out in context, it, it does refer to these religious leaders, but even within the hearts of these religious leaders, there's something deeper, darker, and more demonic at work. And if you look at the wider context, and, and you go back to John 8, 44, this is what Jesus says to the religious leaders. In John 8, 44, he says, You belong to your father, who? The devil. 
And you want to carry out your father's desires. So there's something deeper and darker going on in these religious leaders who are constantly opposing Jesus and his work. Jesus says, the devil was a murderer from the beginning. It's going back to the story of, of even you know, Cain and Abel and this original promise um, that, that Jesus would be opposed. Um, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar and the father of lies. And I just want to say today that Christmas has an enemy. Christmas has an enemy. And Jesus calls him the devil. And from the very beginning of the story, Jesus has been opposing the work of Christmas in the world. And Jesus calls him a murderer and a liar. And we don't want to make too much of him, do we, right? Because Jesus won the victory. Jesus, on the cross, crushed the head of the serpent. So we don't make too much of him, but we don't want to make too little of him either. We want to do exactly what 2 Corinthians 2.11 invites us to do, and that is to simply be aware of his schemes. 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says that, that we want to be aware of his schemes. So how is the Grinch scheming this year to steal our Christmas joy? I've got three schemes maybe to be aware of this season. Here's, here's the first one. Three schemes. We want to be aware of his schemes. Number one, he steals our life with distraction and busyness. Right? And the Grinches will come and they will try to steal what makes Christmas most meaningful with distraction and busyness. There's, there's a saying that if the devil can't make you bad, have you heard this? If the devil can't make you bad, he will make you busy. I think there's some truth in that. And that's one of the, the schemes this year. We'll be so busy, we'll miss the real significance of the season. Number two, uh, he kills our joy with worry, anxiety, and depression. And many of us battle worry, fear, anxiety, and depression, especially in this season... We can experience what C.S. Lewis talked about in the Chronicles of Narnia, where it's, it's always winter and, ever, and never Christmas. And some of you are there in this winter, and Jesus wants to bring Christmas. And it's one of the schemes we need to be aware of. He can steal our joy with worry, anxiety, and depression. And just the last one, he can destroy our relationships through bitterness and unforgiveness. And some of us are heading straight into Christmas with bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts. And there's nothing that God would like more than for us to release that and to forgive and to be free from that. Have you guys seen these schemes taking place? Yeah, I mean, this, these are the schemes that Satan wants to throw our way around Christmas time. We don't want to make too much of it. We don't want to make too little of it. We want to be aware of his scheme so that he doesn't outwit us. And that's what 2 Corinthians 2.11 tells us. So all this to say, the Grinch is alive and well. He wants nothing more than to steal your Christmas joy. And if he does, he wins. But I believe God has something so much better for us this year. And that's what Jesus says. Grinches will come to steal our Christmas joy. But I love this. 
Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. This is why Jesus came. This is why we celebrate Christmas. This is why I love this season. Because Jesus came to give us life. And not just a little life. He came to give us life to the full. How awesome is that? Many of you guys know, uh, last month, I had this amazing opportunity to go to South Africa and Mozambique. And uh, Christo and I were laughing because he's like, he's like, oh, you're getting some stories for sermons. And I was like, yep, you know it. He's like, we're going to be hearing about South Africa for like the next few months. I'm like, yep, you are. So here we go. Um, but no, this was part of a really cool thing. It was a, a journey called the Head to Heart Journey that Christo led, if you know Christo. And it was just a, it was a transformational experience, Head to Heart Journey. And part of the heart work, just to let you in, part of the heart work that took place in my life was beginning to discover what it means to have a settled and oriented heart. And this isn't a part of the sermon today, but, but man, you know what? That's what God wants for us, to have a settled and oriented heart. And I invite you on that journey. Um, but it's been cool to come back and just hear the encouragement. Oh, like, Brian, you seem more relaxed, you know, you're lighter. And uh, that's what four days on a beach in Mozambique. <laughs> And some really good coaching can do for you. But I'll never forget looking out on the Indian Ocean, um, on the beach in Mozambique, and, and there were these fishermen in these wooden sailboats. And they're the kind of boats that you would imagine Jesus and his disciples were in. Because there's no motor, they're just kind of put together wooden fishing boats, traditional boats. They're, they're called dows. And um, at one point, we got to actually get on one of these wooden fishing boats. There's no motor. It's just a wooden boat with those sails. And we got to get onto a dhow and get out on the Indian Ocean. We crossed these fishermen. And, and there's, a, there's a section of the ocean right here where schools of fish will come through. And so you see all the boats lined up. All the fishermen are just, and their buddies, they're all just waiting there for the fish to come through, and we're sailing by on our own dhow to go across to this little island. Um, but I remember, um, kind of as this picture is being taken, I remember looking out at all the fishermen on the boats, and, um, and this is their work day. It's kind of crazy to think about, right? There's no stress, they're relaxed, like they're just kind of kicking it on a boat on the ocean, and they do that every single day. I'm like, I remember telling Pastor Louie, one of our guides, um, a few days later, I was like, we were like looking out. I'm like, man, I think those guys have it figured out. Like, that's the life right there. <laughs> and um, I love the story that Pastor Louie told me. He's like, he's like, let me tell you a story. And it was a good story. And he said, um, and this is about, this story is about finding life. And the way that we make life so complicated. But, but he told me the story. He said, he said, there was a fisherman, um, just a local fisherman, a lot like one of these guys. And um, he was cleaning his boat, cleaning his nets. And there was an American businessman who was, who was on vacation. He came and, and he saw the fisherman. And the businessman complimented the fisherman, the local fisherman, on his boat. Ah, oh, it's a really nice boat. And um, he asked the fisherman, no, you catch many fish today? And he says, yeah, I, you know, I caught enough for myself and my family, and I've got a few to share. And uh, the American businessman says, oh, well, what else do you have going on today? He says, well, most days I, I sleep in late, 
Then I get out on the water, I catch some fish, I come home, I play with my kids, uh, maybe have an afternoon siesta with my wife, and then we go into the village and we sing and dance and play the guitar. And uh, the American businessman, he, he thinks about it and he goes, you know, I'm an American businessman and, and I could help you be more successful. It's like, if you really want to be successful like me, what you need to do is you need to go out and you need to catch more fish. And then you can go and you can sell those fish for money. Oh. And if you sell enough fish, you can buy more boats. And if you get more boats, you can catch more fish. Soon enough, you'll have so many fish, you can build a factory and produce and distribute those fish all over the world. You'll be able to move to the United States, maybe even New York City. Just think about how successful you could be. And the fisherman, the local fisherman, thinks about it, and he goes, that's very interesting. Like, how long would that take? And the businessman says, oh, 15 or 20 years. The fisherman thinks about it, and he goes, oh, okay. He goes, well then what? And the businessman, he laughs. He's like, oh, that's the best part. 15 or 20 years, he goes, that's the best part. Because then you can retire. You can move to a small fishing village right on the ocean. You can sleep in late. You can go out on the water. You can catch some fish. You can go play with your kids, have a siesta with your wife, and then in the evening go into the village and just sing and dance. You know what the fisherman's thinking, right? I already am doing that. And sometimes we make our life so complicated, right? When life is right there for the taking. And what Jesus says in this verse that's so powerful, because it's going to get busy, there's gifts to buy, there's so much coming at us. And what Jesus is saying is, I have come to give you life and life to the full. It's there for us, for you today. I love this scripture. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. And it's so important for under, us to understand the meaning in this scripture of the word life. Because life isn't about <laughs> more boats, more fish, more presents, more food, more craziness. What does he mean by life? And that's what I want to give you today as you go from here. There's, the Bible has two different Greek words for life. It's very helpful. Two words, bios and zoe. Two words for life. There's actually three, but I'm going to give you two today. Bios and Zoe. And knowing the difference will help you understand what Jesus means by the life that he's come to give you. Let's start with Bios. Bios is physical life. We get the word biology from the word Bios. It's physical life. And Jesus actually uses this word Bios in a very interesting scripture in John, or sorry, excuse me, Luke 8.14. It's the parable of the soils, and Jesus refers to the cares, riches, and pleasures of this life. He's talking about the riches, the cares, and the pleasures of bios, life. Bios is the stuff of life. 
And it's good. A lot of it is good. Um, every good and perfect gift comes from God. He created bios life, and we want to live life to the full. And Christmas season is full of bios, isn't it? Just go to the Willow Grove Mall. <laughs> ah, that's too much bios. Actually, I heard stay away from the mall at Christmas. There's too much bios. You guys, the big mistake we make as humans is settling for a bios life when we were made for a Zoe life. That's the big mistake we make. And the big mistake we make at Christmas is thinking it's about the bios when it's really about the Zoe. What is Zoe life? Zoe life is spiritual life. It's life on the inside. And every one of us here today, we have biological life. But God wants to give us life on the inside, spiritual life, new life. Zoe life describes the, the life that exists in God. Nothing can extinguish that life. It is eternal life. It is life to the full. It's the God kind of life. And that's the gift that God wants to give every one of us, is his life on the inside. Jesus, or excuse me, John, we're in John, John reflects back on what he saw in Jesus. Remember, John is an eyewitness. He's somebody who walked with Jesus and wrote about it. And when John thinks back about Jesus and what he saw in Jesus, this is what John says in John 1.14. John writes, in him, in Jesus, was life, Zoe. And that life was the light of men. In him was life. And it's the word zoe. It's God kind of life. Life that God wants to give us on the inside. It's the very life of God. The life that spoke and the galaxies were created. It's the life that Jesus had that couldn't be conquered by death. It's the life that rose Jesus from the dead. And that's the life God wants to give us this season. See, Christmas isn't just about bios life. Christmas is about Zoe life. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. There is life in this season today. Um, eternal life, real life. And, and that's what we celebrate. We celebrate real spiritual aliveness through a relationship with God in Jesus Christ. I love John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And this is amazing. That God loved you so much he left the glory of heaven to come as a baby. You couldn't pay me to go back and become a baby. But that's how much God loved you. He loved you so much. He was born into humanity as a baby to show the world what life is all about and then to die on a cross and to rise from the dead. And he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and in him is life. And he loves you so much today that he wants to give you his life 
new life, life on the inside, God kind of life, abundant life, spiritual aliveness. And what's so amazing is that you don't even have to wait until Christmas to open that gift. That life is for you right now, today. And some of you, I can't think of a better gift that you could receive this Christmas season than to receive the gift of new life in Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here today and you've, you've never experienced coming alive when God, when, when you're born new, when, when spiritual life explodes in your heart, and that's what the gift that God wants to give you. And it's not hard. It's just asking God for it. And maybe today, maybe in this moment, maybe right now is your chance to say, you know what, I don't have that, and I want that. And I would just come to Christ. And you can even say, you can even pray this today. Say, God, I need life. I need abundant life. I need eternal life. So thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for rising from the dead to give me life. Please forgive me. Make me new. And God, right now, <laughs> pray that you would make me alive in Jesus Christ. Thank you, thank you, thank you for new life in Jesus' name, amen. And you can ask that today. God, bring me alive today. Isn't it amazing? The reason for the season, he came to give us life. He came to give you life. There's life in this season. Life to the full. I'll wrap up with this. Guys, Grinches, Grinches are going to come knocking on the door trying to steal our Christmas joy. And Jesus came to give us life. Do you remember in the Grinch, Grinch who stole Christmas, do you remember what happened at the end when all the Who's in Whoville woke up and all the stockings were gone and the presents and the trees and the decorations and, and Christmas had literally been taken from them by the Grinch. And the Grinch is up on his hill and he's, he's hoping there's just tears in Whoville. And uh, the Who's wake up on Christmas morning. The Christmas is gone. And the story says, The Grinch stared down at Whoville. He popped his eyes and then he shook. What he saw was a shocking surprise. Every Who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. Wow. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It The Grinch cannot steal your Christmas joy if Jesus Christ lives in your heart. Amen. So God, thank you so much for Jesus. And no matter what this season brings, no matter what we're facing already, We recognize that, that in many ways Christmas is broken in different ways for all of us. And we walk through 
this journey, sometimes feeling alone. Or we feel the, the sting or the pain of this season or there's, there's fear or anxieties that we carry in our heart. And the way we want to respond today is with this declaration. I choose to redeem Christmas. God, would you restore the glory of this season for each and every person here? Thank you that nothing can steal our joy when the life of Jesus Christ lives in our heart. And we pray, God, that you would fix our heart, hearts and our minds on who Jesus is and the abundant life we have in him. We invite your grace today to come. Even as you spoke life into this universe and everything came into existence, even as you raised Jesus from the dead, speak life into our hearts right now. Oh, breathe new life and new joy we can carry with us this entire Christmas season. We love you, God. We love you. We love you. Thank you that you came to give us fullness of life. And we receive that gift today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. All right, let's stand and sing.